How's it going, everybody? It's Robert and Austin with Gas Money. And on today's episode of the podcast, we've got the owners of Heidi Rugs out of Florida. Um, Gabe and Sam, how are you guys doing today? Doing good today, Robert. Awesome, awesome. And I guess to start out, if you want, just tell us a little about Heidi Rugs and how you guys started the business. Okay, um, I'm currently a junior at Florida State studying commercial entrepreneurship. But my freshman year, which was last year, um, I was on TikTok and I kept seeing people making these rugs um, these tufted rugs and doing it and saying how like they're making money and that they're having a great time doing it so I kept seeing this pop up on my feed for about a month and, and then after that month I was like you know what? I really want to do this and I really think I can make money out of it so that in turn ended up allowing me to find Samantha through a couple other students who I was living with at the time and I came with her to uh, that of the idea and I was like hey do you want to come get coffee with me I, I have no idea who you are but let's go get coffee and let's talk about this Mm -hmm. um, so he literally came and like I was on the phone with my mom and he like knocked on my door and there's just like these two people because he came with his roommate it was just like these two people standing outside of my door and my roommate was like hello and he's like is Samantha live here I was like hi what's up he's like do you want to eat coffee with me it's like okay but my mom thought you're crazy but it's fine um, oh my gosh <laughs> that's yeah, awesome then we like then we met and we got coffee at the sweet shop and we talked to him whatever and yeah, it's like our values like really aligned with like that stuff. Yeah, then that would like turn into like weeks of us going to the sweet shop yeah. until we had like some form of a business idea. That's awesome. awesome. So you kind of use that as like your business meeting spot almost like obviously the first time you guys met up and then you kind of got into the routine of just going there to talk about um, your ideas and stuff. Exactly. We were actually there this morning getting breakfast before the show. Oh, that's awesome. I like that a lot. It's good to have a routine like that. And um, I guess too, like, did you, were you pretty much set on rugs or did you kind of have an open mind at first about maybe different ideas you guys could play with? I, I think at first we were mostly doing rugs and now kind of like us getting into it, there's a lot more stuff, especially that's coming out now um, with like different creative ideas that you can do. Like we want to experiment with like pillowcases and mirrors and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But now we also do like rugs, which are like, like smaller um, oh yeah I've been seeing those those are cool yeah it's, it's been, yeah it's we've come a long way from like where we first started so we're definitely we're down and open to like more creative ideas like Sam just said and just seeing like where we can apply what we do to products that our customers are going to like that's cool that's cool um so I guess from the beginning too like did you guys start off right away, you know, 50-50 or, you know, just one person maybe do a little bit more than the other just with your schedule or how does that all work with uh, kind of that business relationship? So since we started, we first started meeting like um, August, September of so 2020. Yeah. yeah. So we, so we started meeting in August, September, then we didn't decide till that Christmas break, that December, like who, how we're gonna set up, um, who's gonna pay for what, how we're gonna do it. But from the very beginning, we decided to make it 50-50, um, just so that it would stay fair and equal. And I mean, last year we only had one rug frame. So a lot of the time, like Sam had to come over to my place and we had to work together, but we tried to split the work as equally as possible. There were some projects that like I worked on exclusively. There were some projects she worked on exclusively. So I'm- um... Gotcha. Like, I think now too, like, I think there's some weeks where I work more and some weeks where you work more because we do like different things. Like, I think I do more of like the creative side and like the social media more. And then he does more like taxes and business and JMC. 
So it's like, we kind of switch off, I think a little bit. Okay, that's awesome. Good. That's really yeah. interesting too, because I mean, that's exactly how Austin and I set up gas money. Um, we're 50-50 and we've actually talked to like a lot of people about it who say like, you should never go 50-50 in a company. Like somebody's going to stab each other's back. But I mean, it's been like the best thing that I think we could have done because like we've been best friends since like freshman year of high school. And it's one of those things where like every time we do like a meeting and I'm sure you guys feel the same way, it doesn't even feel like work. It's more of kind of like you guys are just working on like a fun project together almost. Um, and that's kind of how it's felt for us. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting because I know a lot of people who do start companies together who do say that partnerships are bad and usually they're really close friends before they start the partnership. And sometimes that doesn't work out. But for us, it's a little different because I, Samantha and I were business partners first, and then we just became friends through the process of working together all the time. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm really thankful that we get along so well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely good. And um, I guess another question too. So I know Gabe, you're in the um, JMC, um, Jim, Moran, Jim Moran at College of Entrepreneurship here at FSU. Um, Sam, are you in that or like, what's your major? Um, what are you doing here? So I'm, so I'm a senior. Um, I came in with my AA. So I wanted to do interior design, but I want to do my master's in it. And at FSU, you can only get your um, master's and not your bachelor's. So I'm doing my BA, so Bachelor of Arts. So I'm doing fine arts and like studio and stuff like that. Um, and okay. then I'm going to do my degree in interior design and architecture. Awesome. Perfect. And then I guess I had another question too. I know, um, Gabe, you mentioned that at first you guys only had the one frame. So you'd have to uh, make sure you're always together when you were making the rugs. Um, like how much are the startup costs for something like that? If you don't mind me asking. So I believe what we decided on together to initially start up was around $600. Um, and that basically got us like our beginning material, our raw, like our raw materials, our equipment, um, our frame. And that allowed us to start producing a few rugs at a time, like one or two, maybe three. Um, and in the beginning, we uh, I actually designed this frame plan um, back at home and we built it up here. So we we drove to Home Depot with Sam's SUV and got all this lumber and we rented um, we rented a drill and everything. And we built it in my dorm room last year. Yeah, like in Landis. Wow. Landis. That's we awesome. Frame. Anything, so. That's yeah, I crazy. Was, I think it was six feet tall by four feet wide it was huge and then it like it hinged, so it like it it hinged and closed in half yeah wow yeah so I mean with that being said too you know obviously any kind of business um involves you know some kind of risk uh obviously you know six hundred dollars it kind of it's it's so interesting how it kind of goes hand in hand with gas money too because we started out with probably less than a hundred dollars because we were just given uh push mowers and we were able to just you know go around the neighborhood um, but I mean, there, there's obviously still that risk, you know, the time that you put into it and everything like that. Um, you know, would you say that they're obviously in business, you're always taking risks as you, you know, build a company, but was there, you know, kind of a big risk at the beginning or you guys were just going to have fun with it and see what happened? I mean, kind of like at the end of the day, like my mentality, because like I, this is his thing. Like I don't do entrepreneurship stuff. Like I don't have my own business. Like I've sold paintings. That's about it. Um, but like at the end of the day, I was kind of like, oh, it's $300. Like if it's successful, that's great. If not, then like that really sucks, but like it could be something a lot bigger. And I mean, it definitely was, but I don't think I would have done it if it wasn't something that like, from my perspective as an interior design major, I don't think would have been successful. Cause like, that's kind of what I do. 
Okay. Gotcha. And um, I guess too, that's, that's funny how you guys built it. Um, like, is that something that's hard to do? Or, I mean, for the frame, it's basically just like the box and then it's got the, I mean, what is it in the middle? Like um, something to like, sew the rugs. Like, I'm not really sure how the rug making process goes. Yes, so if you well, want to give me a little more detail on that. Yeah. So you can see kind of in the background, there's one of our frames. Um, okay. The wooden frame made out like two by fours. And then we stretched this material called monk cloth over it and staple it. And if you look at like the back of some rugs, you can kind of see like um, kind of like a, a, a cloth pattern beneath the rug material. Then you can see like the glue or the backing and that's monk's cloth. And basically that allows like, it becomes like a medium for the yarn to stay into. And then we just used a tufting gun and that puts the yarn into the monk's cloth. Awesome. And is that something that you just pretty much self-taught yourself like with YouTube or TikTok? Yeah, a lot, a lot of TikTok videos, a lot of YouTube and trial and error. Yeah, I feel that. That's really cool, though. I mean, because you guys made us a gas money rug actually last year. And uh, I mean, it was like super high quality. We still have that up in the office. And awesome. I was just like, man, how do they make this like without like a big like fat, like not factory, but it was just really cool how it was handmade. So I really like that aspect of your guys' company, too, kind of keeping it like genuine handmade. And um, I know you guys, too, um, do a lot of things for different businesses in Tallahassee like I know um you've done stuff for Rooster Puffs um, which is like a vape shop here um you've done has there been like any other businesses that you do things for or do you find that most of your customers are like students um we've done I feel like we've been experimenting more like the business aspect we originally started um for more college students but I think we've expanded a lot and realized that that's more of a market that we want to target because we're all about like handmade quality and stuff um, but we've done stuff for um, like Indigo Republic for boutiques in Miami and different places. Yeah, we've done like we've done a, a boutique in Miami, and then we've also done another student's business here at FSU, Clean Cut yeah. Brothers. There are two brothers out of um, Wellington, and they do the Wellington Lake Worth area, and they do um, landscape design. So we did their logo as well, similar to yours. Um, but yeah, like Sam said, we're trying to. We started with students, we've experimented with working like B2B, and now we kind of want to just like differentiate our two different markets. So we still can provide like, you know, like cheap, cheaper rugs for students to decorate their dorms and their apartments, but then also work one-on-one -on -one with businesses to create their, like create merchandise with their logos. So, okay. Awesome. What are your guys' uh, kind of, you know, it sounds like you're definitely trying to scale up a little bit. And I mean, every business um, would like to do that. So like, do you have any, you know, short-term and long-term goals that you guys are kind of putting down on paper or looking to do in the future? Um, so we do have somewhat of like a timeline for this, for like the next two years. This year is really get, you know, get more product out there, develop our website. Um, so we can start drawing in more customers, start doing more marketing campaigns. Um, we're trying to find people online who can help us develop a machine to automate our rug making process so that we can get out a lot more product to more customers. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I mean, automation is the biggest thing when you want to start growing and that's kind of how Austin and I felt because at first, like we were just taking phone calls over the phone, like as a normal landscaping company. And, um, once we got the idea for like the gas money app, um, kind of like that Uber platform for lawn care landscaping for young adults. Um, it was one of those things where it's going to be a big expense up front, but we really think that if you can like automate something really well and grow it really well, that it'll definitely pay off in the end. So I think that's awesome that you guys have those two separate markets also, because I mean, 
one, the college student market, like pretty much every kid I've like known college has a rug in their room of some sort. And even like you guys, um, like making the like little coasters, like, I mean, this is a normal coaster, but if I could get a little coaster, like a genie, like our logo, like that's a rug for my mug or something, I think that would be sweet. So that's like perfect for like the student aspect of it. And then I think the companies is you probably would be more like the um, like the actual rugs on the floor. Um, and then I know you said you're kind of kind of expanding to different things as well. Do you think um, I mean, give me some examples. I think you already listed some of them of different like products you guys want to make in the future. Um, so we want to learn how to um, make make those like those same rugs into pillows. So, so yeah, the pillows. Out of backing. And then also we've been doing like, I know Gabe has one himself, but um, like some wall decor. So like putting um, like a wood backing and then adding a hook or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, so in different like wall pieces, like more tapestry type things. And um, I've been thinking about like doing um, like chaining like different mug rugs together to like spell some things. So like oh. or rugs or like initials, something like that. Yeah, that'd be a cool idea. And uh, I guess to go back a little bit too, I know starting a business, like there's definitely a lot of things that come up sometimes where um, you may not know what to do or you might need help from somebody. So I guess when you guys went through the process of like first setting up your LLC and then like getting your taxes all set up and everything, was there mentors that you used or did you mostly figure that out on your own? So there's two people I'd like, I can say like would attribute to like our success in the very beginning. Um, the first one, he's a professor here, Dr. Jeffrey Whalen. He works um, with, and he works in and with the JMC. So he's a professor here. He's also one of the entrepreneurs and residents. Um, and he helped us when I was like a freshman, like when this was just a classroom project idea. And he really helped us like ideate and create what would like be the business model for Heidi. And then at the same time, during my freshman year last year, I had an internship with a company called Zing Drones. They're doing um, unmanned de drone delivery for food services and um, the owner's Ian and Ace. And he helped me out a lot um, just as an intern and as someone who started multiple companies, he helped me out a lot with you know, forming the LLC and understanding all like the small things behind like business that people don't really see going on. And I, it, was, it was really up to both of them who really like made it for us. and helped us a lot along the way that's huge because we we've had you know so many experiences in the past and even until today you know there's there's a lot of things that um especially as young people you know we're i'm 20 robert's 19 i'm sure you guys are around that age too uh and you know we haven't had the experience of you know 30 40 50 year olds that have been in business since maybe our age or younger and, um, you know, they've went through a lot of different, you know, hurt, had to jump over a lot of different hurdles and things like that, that maybe we could not have to do. And they could teach us before we have to, you know, kind of teach ourselves or get through it the hard way. So um, we think mentorship is that's one of our biggest things that we stress for anybody that asks for advice or anything like that on especially starting and then how to get through the hard times. Um, that's that's the biggest way we believe uh, is, is a huge way to get get through that. So um, I guess another thing too, back from the beginning, sales tax is something that maybe we would even learn a little bit from you guys on uh, during this podcast. And I bet sales tax has a lot to do with, you know, obviously it's as a product business um, and, you know, just kind of go through that and like how you guys have learned uh, from the beginning on how to charge sales tax correctly. 
Uh, so yeah, that's somewhere we like fell really short on when it came to like the certain legalities with taxes and we're actually still like trying to get our taxes correct like now and make sure everything's felt fought out properly. But all of our first year, we never collected sales tax. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I was like, it's fine. You know, we don't really know what we're doing. We're a small company, we're college students. But then when it came down to it, people like our mentors and people in JMT were saying like, oh, have you done your sales tax yet? Have you done this and that? We're like, we have no idea what, how to do that. No. And I will say like that definitely, like that's not my thing. Obviously, that's not my thing. And um, I think like that's where mentorship and stuff really comes in handy, like with all of Gabe's connections and stuff, like being able to do that and figure that out where I like, no, I can't be helpful. Yeah. So going off of that through the gmc um they connected us with a cpa in tallahassee and then one of my professors my accounting professor we, we worked like all three of us worked together and we ended up um following all our sales tax and at least we're in the state of florida in leon county tallahassee it's seven and a half percent uh of your of and the initial sales so at the end of actually this was in january we paid all of our sales taxes at once for all of 2021 which came out too like roughly $150 off of $2,500 in um, revenue. So it wasn't too bad, but now we're starting to pay quarterly and we actually have to pay uh, in like oh, two weeks, we have to pay our sales tax for the first quarter. Awesome. And yeah, I mean, we just started getting into merch sales. Um, so up until then, like we were all service-based. So obviously with services, you don't have to pay sales tax, which is which was nice because when we set it up like our merch LLC, man, sales tax is confusing because- like you said, you got the Leon County sales tax, then you have the state sales tax, then you have the federal sales tax. And like, there's not really a clear guide online, like exactly how to do it for each state. Like, it's really tough to figure out these details. So like Austin and I, we actually had to figure out like a new connection. Um, we actually found like a, a CPA that um, was different than the one we used because um, the one we were using like wasn't really as versatile in sales tax especially since like I'm down in Florida there's a lot of my friends in Florida buying stuff and then we've also got people in Michigan buying so definitely that's awesome that like the GMC was able to connect you with that um that accountant and that's another thing that I think is awesome um with the GMC and I'm I keep on kicking myself every day that I didn't apply earlier because at first like I really didn't know if gas money was what I wanted to do with the rest of my life and just like entrepreneurship in general and it really took me a while because my whole entire life growing up, like I was so focused on getting like a normal job, like not a normal job, but, um, you know, going to college, getting a degree, working a nine to five. And I mean, now at this point, like obviously gas money's progressed like a lot more. And um, I think that's definitely something like I'm set on now. So I'm going to try and still figure out if I can get in, but I, uh, I'm definitely like a little jealous that you're in there, like, cause it's, it seems like a really awesome program, especially here at Florida state. So that's awesome. They have all those resources for you too. I would say if you can, like, even though, cause you, you're what a sophomore now. Yeah. I would say still apply like for next year. And even if it takes you one extra year to finish college, because you'll be like a year behind in the program. Mm -hmm. I, would, I think it's so beneficial. There's been so many people who've helped me. There's a lot of connections. I get to meet other young entrepreneurs through the program. And I just think it's one of the best, if not the best entrepreneurship program in the United States. Like there's certain things like that he can do, right? That, like even if he's not, even if you're not in the JMC, like certain connections, like through FSU, like certain things that you can do. Yeah. So they, they host certain events. Um, 
we do like the innovation challenge would actually we just competed in and that finished in March, beginning of March. That's it's basically there's like tier prizes, there's 10,000, 4,500, and any student from any major can compete in that. And you pitch your company, you pitch your idea, um, and that's opened up to the whole entire school. There's also just a lot of events they host where they bring guest speakers, and um, a lot of students could do that as well, even if you're not in the college. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know about that, so I'll definitely have to look into that some more. And um, I guess, too, tell us a little more about that innovation challenge. So um, did, were you guys both able to participate, or was it like where you were the only one who could participate, Gabe? Um, like, did they let both of you guys speak? So I'm technically, like, according to my FSU, like, portal and stuff, like, I'm technically a part of the JMC because I'm in business with you. So it, like, it gets kind of tricky, but um, we were both able to compete, like, as co-owners. Oh, that's awesome. I think as a team, you're able to compete up to five people in your team. Um, most teams are usually, it's either individual or it's like two or three people. And yeah, that, that process starts all the way back in, I want to say September of last semester is when you start working on the innovation challenge. Okay. And um, I guess for like the competition, is it like a pitch deck that you present or like, how does that go? So you submit your materials and they end up picking, I think like 12 to 15 semi-finalists and then you go for a pitch. So the pitch is approximately seven minutes long. It's your pitch deck. And then you do, I believe at first it's a five minute Q and A for the first round of presenting. Yeah, and then from those presentations, they'll decide eight finalists and then you present again. And that's another seven minute pitch. It's, it's basically the same pitch from the first time. Just a longer Q&A. Just a longer Q&A. It's a 10-minute Q&A, then that's when they have a bigger panel of judges and, you know, they're, whether they're professors or staff or they bring guest people. Um, actually, our CPA was one of the guest judges. So they bring in a lot of people from the community as well. Yeah, and I feel like that's a super cool resource because you don't really hear of many schools having stuff like that. And I think, um, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but JMC is like the first standalone entrepreneurship college in the U.S., right? I think I, I read that somewhere. I believe it is because they they stem from the um, Jim Rand Institute. And then that we like separated ourselves from the College of Business. I believe that was five or seven years ago that the JMC became its own college. Okay. And um, I guess to switch it up a little bit now to get a little more into um, a little more into some thinking. Um, has there been a challenge or like some different obstacles that you guys have came across and then overcame through this business? Like whether it was setting something up or getting started, um, like I guess if any challenges you guys can think of. I think working um, during the summer was like the first big issue that we had. Um, it's expensive to set up the machines and rug guns are really expensive and like able to save mm -hmm. up and invest right when we had launched, we launched in February and we left in April. So like, that's not a lot of time. Um, and like, I think that was a really big challenge was working separately because a lot of it, like, I think we rely on each other. Like there's certain things that we do together just to make it a lot faster. Like setting up the frame, you kind of need two people. I mean, you don't, but I do. Yeah. Um, like backing, just like random things like that, that it's not as fun as by yourself as like, as like with your company. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's doable with one person but two people make it go a, a lot, lot easier yeah i would imagine so and i mean with me in austin um he's up in michigan obviously and then i'm down in florida so 
it, we definitely had to learn a lot when I first went to college about like how we can run this business um, kind of over Zoom, basically. Like obviously today, like we were really hoping we could do the podcast in person, but I mean, anytime we want to do something in person, he's got to take a flight down here. I've got to fly up to Michigan. So it definitely presents some challenges. But I mean, with you guys, it's almost like you have to be together in person because you're making that physical product. And uh, like you said, Sam, like there's probably a lot of things that would be hard to do, especially with like drug making um, with just one person. I think you guys probably help keep each other pretty productive too, I would imagine. Yeah, because if like, let's say we're working together, one person's huffing or doing something on the frame, the other person's either spinning yarn or getting other materials ready for the next process. So it is almost like a mini assembly line when there's more than one person. Um, and that's why we keep, we keep pushing for automation. So there's certain processes that can go by a lot faster or, won't, or won't, where we won't have to intervene. And we could just focus on like the more easier, menial things to do. Yeah, like I guess that's the testing is the most, it's, it's very laborious. Like it's not easy work. Like your shoulders hurt sometimes after like you're like all, like my back will hurt from like sitting at such an awkward angle. Mm -hmm. um but i think like having like the tufting machine will make our products a lot better anyways because it's not yeah there's no human error yeah like if i mess up running a line or something like i don't like you're not going to see that you're not going to see like little human mistakes that are normal yeah exactly um and just thinking about another you know with a product business like uh, you know, I've done some like eBay selling and stuff like that of just, you know, old stuff I've had in the house. And, you know, sometimes you, you send something and you didn't package it correctly and it gets damaged or, you know, somebody uh, doesn't like what they got or something like that. Have you guys ran into that, you know, at all yet at this point or? I don't think we've ever had someone like, I don't think we've ever had someone say to us like, oh, it wasn't great, you know, like doesn't look great or whatever. We, yeah, That's we never awesome. had a return or complaint. We never had um, damaged packaging. And we always make sure um, we mostly send our packages through UPS. And then we always get the insurance on the mm-hmm. package. So we know that like if anything happens on UPS's end, that we can recover the money from that and get our customers a refund. However, there was one rug this summer that I generally didn't like how it came out. And the customer, um, they followed, they were an Instagram follower. They, um, they were from Atlanta. So I wanted to make sure as a first-time customer, especially for someone out of state, that they're getting a really nice quality piece. So I decided to redo it. I asked them like, hey, like I'm gonna give, I'm gonna have a one-week extension and we're gonna get your product out. And so I gave them a discount on the shipping, got their product out and they loved it. That's awesome. And I mean, that's what really stands out to people because I mean, if you would have just sent it to that customer and it was either damaged or it wasn't proper, like that would have been their first impression of you. So I think it's really cool how you're thinking like more as a, from a relationship standpoint of really building that trust and uh, getting everything going. And I think that's like the main thing in business is really just learning how to communicate people, communicate with people. And a lot of times it's a lot more valuable to maybe lose a little money here and there in order to make the customer happy rather than try and save money. And then the customer's mad and then look, now there's word of mouth that's negative about you. And um, speaking of word of mouth, have you guys gotten a lot of your sales from like people referring um, friends to you or is it mostly like social media? Like, have you guys done any metrics on that? It's, I think it's mostly like so far like connections. Um, we're really trying to work now on our social media. That's something that we've been planning a lot to get started like during the summer probably, I think like really take off. We've started making TikToks and stuff to try and get out that way. Um, 
but a lot of like friends and family started first off I think yeah I don't, it's yeah it's mostly connections and I'm I'm always trying to get that shameless plug in there anywhere talking whether it's like people. talking to random people whether that's in public or if that's the person checking us out in Joanne's or at a restaurant um, everybody in my cohort knows about me um, I even used to put our Instagram handle in all my discussion board posts and all my in all my classes whether it's entrepreneurship or not I put like, hey, like I run a company, come follow us on, come check us out on Instagram. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, that's really what it comes down to, especially at first, like, even if people aren't paying attention, like there's probably a bunch of kids who saw that and were like, oh, like, I'll just keep moving on. There's always somebody who's going to be interested. And um, I think that's one of the biggest things Austin and I have realized too. And that's kind of why we have like, we have the podcast, we have our merch, like we're trying to get as many different avenues as we can. Like we're even going to start doing like motivational speeches. Um, we've already done one at the high school we went to. And like, I feel like as a business owner, it's really like important to kind of look for different avenues that you can make either content or just get your name out there. And I mean, like you guys were talking about um, getting some TikToks going this summer and maybe doing some more posting on social media. Um, I think that kind of idea of getting different content out there especially with like a rug making business like for a video you could literally just have a video of you guys making a rug and some people love watching that so I think it really comes down to getting as much content out there as you can and especially as like a product business it's a lot easier because with us like if we want to get a video of like us mowing a lawn or something like we've got to actually go out there and obviously like I'm in Florida right now so it's a lot harder um so I think definitely like if I could give any advice to you guys, like try and figure out as many different ways of getting your name out there as possible. And like I said, that's, that's what we're trying to do with this podcast. And I mean, there's a lot of different connections too, that we're trying to get. Um, like for you guys, like maybe somebody will listen to our podcast. And I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like if they want a rug, now they know who to get go to. So um, I think that's, what's cool about business is there's like a lot of different connections that can be made. And I really feel like there's not many other industries out there where like it's so connection based because like you were saying with the JMC, that's literally like the best way to start succeeding in business is to get those people who have already been through it and get those mentors. And um, I guess this is a question that's a little bit of a toss up. Um, have you guys like mentored anybody else um, that started up a business? I'm sure you know a lot of other entrepreneurs in JMC. Like has anybody ever came to you guys for help? Um. So there, there have been, I think what separates us from a lot of the other companies in the GM sphere, maybe not every single one of them, but some of them is that we started before we both got into our majors. So we started freshman year and both of our majors, you start as a junior. So we were already technically two years ahead. So there's a lot of people in my cohort who are just now starting their own companies when I was, you know, by age, at least like two years ahead, two, three years ahead of what they were doing. And so there's, there will be the case where like some people do come up and ask me like, like, how'd you do this? How'd you start? You know, what is like day in the life of doing this for you? And um, we're actually saying, if you want to talk about it, that we're getting one of them, a possible intern for us. Oh, so um, I know someone through sorority connections that is interested in starting his own like tufting business. And I guess like one of my friends mentioned like, oh yeah, like she, like my friend does this. So um. I, I texted him and I reached out to him was like, hey, by the way, like if you want, um, if you do end up purchasing your own machine, like we need people like interns to um, bring on eventually, um, especially next year. So if you want someone to teach you how to use the gun and to set it up and learn a little about, bit about the process. 
um, like we would love to help you start up and like I can teach you and I think he's coming tomorrow or Monday. So, um, but that's kind of like our first experience with it. And we've taught like different people on the side, like how to use a gun loosely. Okay. Um, yeah. I like that a lot. Like almost using your business as like, not only like a business, but also to teach people um, kind of like an educational standpoint and um, for like the internships, like um, would you set that up as like, I don't know if this is too personal, but like paid or like, is that more of a thing where they just get the experience and that ends up being more valuable than any pay they would get? So how I look at it is my first ever internship that I, actually my first two internships that I did were all unpaid. Um, mm -hmm. And one I had last, I had it, the last internship I had was for a full year. And I worked like, I worked, you know, 15, 20, 25 hours a week, most weeks, and it was unpaid, but I did it for the experience. So for us, we're trying to make it to the point where we can start paying ourselves comfortably or just start paying ourselves in general. And we believe that, you know, when we take on an intern, not only are we teaching them what it's like to run a small business and have a startup, but they're also learning a skill. They're learning a craft because I definitely think rug tufting is it's definitely a skill. It's a craft yeah. and not, you know, not many people know how to do it. Like there's a community out there, but it's something that's not, you know, not everybody could just go and pick up tomorrow. I do think where it like comes in a little tricky with like this case is like he if he already has the gun, then we're not supplying him with the material. So I think that might be a little tricky. But maybe if like we pay him back for the gun or like he uses like our, our materials yeah, or, yeah. and our materials, like I think that would kind of even out. Um, mm -hmm. Because this is something that like a lot of people already have the idea for, and I've had people say that to me um, like in class and stuff like, oh my god, like I've seen that on TikTok. Like I wanted to do that. Okay, then reach out to me and I'll like teach you how to do it and I'll help you. But like. It definitely is a skill and is something that needs to be taught and we definitely struggled with um the quality of our pieces in the beginning just trying to perfect it as much as possible because i think we're both perfectionists with a standard in different yeah. ways um, yeah yeah which is good i feel like with a product you know you want to make it as best as you possibly can um and i did catch too you know either paying yourselves at all or paying yourselves you know comfortably from the business um you know just from our perspective uh also, you know, we're young and, you know, we're, we're basically both doing kind of startup businesses. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to not invest everything back into the company. And that's what we've done from the start is literally invested everything back um, just to, you know, provide for that future growth. But um, is this kind of like your guys full, like full-time job besides school, or do you guys have other jobs or, you know, how busy are your schedules with that? this is kind of our job like during the school year what we do but we do like invest some money back in ourselves thus far um but mm -hmm. during the summers and stuff and when we're at home we go for it yeah we we just like you guys we reinvested almost every single dollar that we've ever earned and we're just trying to get the company to be bigger and grow um yeah so like sam was saying we both have jobs during the summer um i take summer courses yeah. i also have an internship during the summer so i'm doing like four or five things um, I'm actually trying to start an NFT collection um, with my mom this summer. Wow. She, she's kind of like an artist. So we're trying to, you know, I'm just trying to like get multiple streams of revenue as much as I can and like anytime I can get it. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. And I, uh, I guess with the NFTs too, like that's like a whole nother thing we can get into, but like just investing in general, like did you, do you guys like invest at all right now? Like obviously with the NFTs, that's a pretty big um, investing rabble. But I mean, did you guys know about investing or invest at all before you started your business or did that kind of get you more financially like interested in investing and stuff? 
Um, so I had a few investments. Um, I still have a few investments. I have a few, um, I have a few coins. Um, I used to own, actually, I kind of hopped on that, that train for a while, like the AMC, uh, GameStop mm -hmm. wave mm -hmm. that was going last year. Um, didn't make too much money from it. I had friends who did, um, but going, circling back to the NFTs, we actually had an idea of, I think this was like last semester, like maybe January of turning our rugs and our pieces. Cause uh, you know, most of our designs that we do personally are all hand handcrafted. Like we draw it up on either tablets or on paper and then we make it, um, turning our rugs into NFTs and making that an NFT project. And what's interesting about that is we actually had, um, our, our two or three customers ago, two or three pieces ago, we actually had this guy come up to us who wanted his NFT made into a rug. Oh, is that what that was? Oh, yeah. that's cool. It was actually, um, it's, it was journey club, journey clubs, NFT. And then I think their logo is like a, a purple rocket ship, like a white rocket ship in a purple background. I think okay. I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's I mean, another that's, thing that's you a, guys could do also just to go real quick is like, literally like there's so many different ideas that can come up with business. And that's why I love it because there's like, you can literally go anywhere you want with it. And like for you guys, like what if you became the first rug making business to like, make nfts into rugs for people like if they own an nft like make that into a rug or like make it into like a tapestry i mean there's not really many companies i've heard of that do that so it's just really cool like the ideation process of business and that's why i love it so much because there's always something new you can do like with any company like many times when people think of like a rug company they're like oh they're just making rugs like no big deal but i mean i think you guys definitely obviously like first of all trying to teach um interns and like students new skills like that's something alone that makes you guys stand out from other rug companies and at the same time like thinking of these new ideas that you can do it's just really cool to see um how the entrepreneurial mindset works and it's uh, i'm really impressed by you guys with that too i appreciate that robert yeah for sure and um, I guess we are kind of like running a little to the time limit, but if I wanted to pose, I'll pose one more question. And I think Austin had one more question to pose. Um, but for my question, I mean, you guys are both really young. I mean, how old are you guys right now on each of you? So I just turned 20 in February. Okay. Still 19. Okay. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we're all like super young. And I know like a lot of people that I talk to, um, and I don't say this like in an egotistic way at all, but I feel like since we're kind of in the entrepreneurship realm, we've got a lot more experiences with mainly like communicating with people um, and obviously like starting your own business and stuff you learn a lot through as well. Would you guys say that your experiences with Heige Rugs and kind of starting your business and going through everything has given you experiences that you don't think you would have gained if you would have just stayed in school and kind of went like the traditional route, so to speak? Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm like, I'm very artsy. Business is not really my thing. My dad has um, like a family business. So I kind of like have always like known about like entrepreneurship and stuff and like what it takes to like work hard to make like a company succeed. Mm. But I didn't come to college with any intention of starting a company. I was just like, okay, I'm going to do like interior design. I'll work for a big firm. It's definitely changed my perspective on my future also, I think. Cause I like um, kind of like being like my own boss and not having to deal with that. Um, I do work during the summer and this is definitely a really different experience from like teaching and um, like art classes and stuff that I do back home. Um, but I really, I really like that we, what we do and I'm really grateful for it. And it's definitely made me a, a better person for sure. And 
And I mean, like, I'm like, I feel like I'm the complete opposite of yeah. Sam. Like, ever since high school, I've always been in business classes. And I've, I mean, like, between now, between like high school and what we have now, I've like tried to start like six different like small companies, or I've always like done certain things besides like a regular jobs to get some kind of revenue. And I, I didn't think it was going to start this early. Like I knew that sometime in college, I was going to start a job, like start a company, but not, you know, right freshman year fresh and just get into it, like being new in college. But that's what happened. I mean, like we both have our own social lives. We go out, um, Sam's in a sorority. I am, I like, I'm in a couple of clubs, like we have our own lives, but I feel like doing this just adds to being like more, a more well-rounded person. And there's definitely like a lot of like more maturing I feel that happens to someone when you have to be professional and you have to not only represent like a company, but it's your company that you're creating. So it's your image. So I feel like that kind of like definitely makes you more mature and more professional as a person. Yeah. And we make our own stuff too. Like everything that we do, we do ourselves. Like nothing is done through. Um, it's not like it, yeah, yeah. Everything is like us. So it says a lot about like all of our products, like say a lot about who we are and we're proud of everything that we put out. Awesome. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> that's a huge thing too, that um, kind of like the character building part of it, you know, as you like Rob said, just kind of, you know, some people that uh, a ton of people actually we've met, um, you know, at different colleges, or even through high school, just, um, you know, just going to college to go, uh, and not really thinking about anything other than that. Um, I think entrepreneurship and getting into, like you said, kind of doing your own thing, um, can really open your minds and, and, many different ways compared to just, you know, just kind of going through the motions in life uh, at, at this age, you know, as most people are going through school. Um, so I guess just the last question to finish it off. Uh, do you guys have any like, um, I know, Gabe, you know, like you said, you're more of like the, the business side of it. Um, but also, you know, Sam, I think you could have a part to this too, you know, any like recommendations for the listeners? Um, if they're either on the fence or hesitant about starting their own business um, on, you know, maybe reading a certain book or, uh, you know, watching a certain movie or having a certain experience doing something in life um, to kind of get them to that next step. Um, I think like we both have different answers. I think me is like, I'm really passionate, obviously about interior design and decor, things like that. So I think finding something that you're passionate about and being happy with what you do. I, I didn't read any books or anything, but that's not really my part in it, I guess. Um, but that's definitely like, I think what was most important to me in starting was to know that it was something that I loved and something I'm passionate about. I would say for me, I would, I would say like, if you're on the fence, like for all those listening, if you're on the fence about starting something and you know, maybe you don't have the, you know, like a, a decent amount to start with, maybe it's like 50, a hundred bucks or something like that. Just like jump, jump into it. In the worst case that happens, you lose like 50 bucks, a hundred bucks. I mean, at the end of the day, even though, you know, we, a lot, as a society, we rely a lot on like money and monetary transactions. I mean, like you can get $50 back and you can get a hundred dollars back as money comes and goes. But, um, and for, for those who want like a, um, a reading recommendation, I think the most influential book so far, that's really made me feel confident and has been reassuring in this whole process is Shoe Dog which is um, the memoir of Phil Knight, the founder of Nike. And just like reading through his life and all the struggles he has had in the past, just like seeing that and feeling like, you know, this is, this is a company that's extremely successful. Everybody knows Nike. A lot of people were, I mean, I have Nike sneakers on right now. So just like reading through his life and his memoir really makes me feel like I feel confidence in that. Like I can do this too. 
Awesome. I love that a lot. And I, uh, I guess just to add on to that too, um, I know Austin's reading Steve Jobs right now. And um, I think like one of the best ways to learn is like literally just go out to a store, find a biography or an autobiography, find somebody out there who's been successful, um, learn about their story, whether it's a book or if you don't like reading, I mean, there's podcasts out there, there's YouTube videos. I mean, there's so many resources out there to just learn about other people and what they've been through. So I really like that you brought up um, like a biography because I think that's the best way to learn. And um, I guess before we go too, go ahead and put your plugs out there. Like um, whether you got your Instagram handle, I know you guys have a website coming soon. I don't know if you've decided on like the domain yet, but um, just go ahead and let people know where they can find you guys. Um, so our Instagram is just our name, Heidi Ruggs, H-Y-G-G-E Ruggs, R-U-G-S. Um, and then our um, well, our our main TikTok account is it's the same as our Instagram. It's at h y g g e underscore rugs, and that's our um that's our TikTok. And then if anybody needs to email us, you know um we also do take emails. Our email is hi rugs h y g g e rugs at gmail.com. We do we do some business through there, and we've had them business through in the past. And we're currently working on launching our Etsy. Yeah, we're gonna do an Etsy shop first, and then hopefully get into a shop of okay awesome well we'll definitely keep everybody updated with your journey and uh, hopefully maybe this summer or sometime we can actually get in person and uh kind of like update everybody with your journey but um sam gabe it's been a pleasure having you guys on we really appreciate it and uh, we're definitely looking forward to next time and for all of our listeners out there who are in the gas money world go get that gas money <laughs>